Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Ignite Your Heart and Soul right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest, originally from the UK, but now is in Arizona in the States, is the wonderful Margaret Rogers Van Koops. We're going to be stepping into the unknown today because she's going to be talking about her life, her journey into the unknown, her story, but also all the wonderful things that opened up to her in her life uh, on so many topics. Um, she was kind of bombed literally bombs dropped across the road in World War II uh, the day she was born. So she really made an entrance. She was here for a reason. And we're going to find out that reason today. She's written 14 metaphysical books, a novel, a novel um, Henry's Secrets, and now her own book, Journey in, you know, in Her Own Life. Uh, she's an ordained minister, a nurse, works with psychology and psychiatry, counseling, and variety of uh, alternative therapies and maladies and serious illnesses and uh, the coronavirus with colloidal silver. We're going to be talking about that one because that was a good one. And there's going to be so much that we're going to talk about. So I'm going to keep quiet and introduce you to our darling Margaret. And, uh, and welcome to the show, my dear. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you invited me. Well, my pleasure, my pleasure. It was wonderful to have somebody who's had such a wonderful journey. Um, you know, you've really, I'm always saying to people, be willing to explore your life. You know, treat it as an adventure, you know, a step into the unknown and allow life to guide you where you're meant to go and what you're meant to become. And just looking at your bio, you seem to be that person, as I said, you know, the bombs dropped when you came out. <laughs> you're here and you're here to make a difference. And with everything you've jam packed in your life, I don't think uh, stagnancy is any one of your problems, is it? No, actually, I have to be honest, if you go back to all of us individually, we come in with a soul structure coding mm -hmm. that is so deeply embellished, embellished what's the word? Embedded. Embedded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, in us. So we don't even know it's there, but we are acting upon it. So as a toddler, literally, my mother told me, I don't remember it, that I was walking around going up to all sorts of people, strangers, and giving them messages. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, so it was just something that I, I, I just did, you know. It's because and, it was something you are. Mm, yeah. And, and the bottom line, basically, was that as I evolved as a medium, uh, I had a lot of questions going on in my head. Why is this happening to a person? And of course, I was always hearing spirit guides. Mm -hmm. So I had my own personal teachers, uh, unlike most people that have to find someone who's already trained in some way and, and then start learning with them, which I went on to do in Japan. But um, coming back to, you know, the expression of life in England, we have to remember that there was rations mm -hmm. and 
there wasn't a lot of stuff for us to eat or whatever. And, and I remember mom brewing up a bag of tea, the, a tea bag or whatever they had in those days, uh, probably had loose tea, yes. uh, and boiling it and boiling it and boiling it, you know, just to get some tiny bit of flavor out of the tea. Uh, and uh, being told that I wasn't allowed to have it because it wasn't good for a child. <laughs> and it looked like water to me. <laughs> yes, yeah, by that time it was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially the way the British like their tea. You know, um, mm. I'm, I'm from England myself, and yeah. uh, I always used to say, you know, Mom, if the spoon stood up in the teacup, then it was fine. It was strong enough. <laughs> you know? And she used to say to me, because I'm not a tea drinker, I'm a coffee drinker, and she used to say really? to me that my tea looks like, like cat's pee. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm still a bit like that. I like weak tea and I still like tea rather than coffee, yes. No, no, I'm a coffee girl, most certainly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's funny that, you know, you say that right from the word go, you know, you, you have this message. And um, I've had somewhat of a similar path, maybe not to the extent that you have. But, you know, when I was growing up, I was a very sickly child and I would play with dead people. And I couldn't understand why nobody else saw them. Right. <laughs> and and uh, uh, through school, I became teachers, counselors, not because I knew what to tell them that I was the conduit of the message they needed to hear. But I had no understanding at all of what I was doing. I was just doing it. Did you have any comprehension of what you were doing? Well, as I said, until uh, my father came back from the war, because he was a major, and of course, I don't want to be talking too much about what's in my book. I'm sure people would like to want to read it if they're interested. Uh, and... Uh, you know, my father was <coughs> throat chakra, <laughs> still working on those things. Um, you know, my father was a, a very demonstrative man. Our ancestry was royalty. Mm -hmm. My grandfather, my mother's side used to go and play uh, chess with the king, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I grew up with all of that. And I was told I'm a lady, even though I'm a child, and I have to behave like one. And since my mother was a cripple, I was taken off to his regimental reunions. And, uh, you know, I just sat in people's laps and I watched their auras go from yucky, dark colors like navy blue, even in some cases, you know, deep maroon, that kind of thing. And as I'm sitting there, I would be generating this energy. And then I'd watch them. They just sort of become all pearlesque all around mm. here. And then I could jump down and I'd get a couple of coppers in those days, you know, the big pennies, mm -hmm. and put them in the machine that would go around with the cherries and I'd get a couple more out. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd run out and run along to play and someone else would pick me up. So it was it was just a natural thing. Yeah. I, I, it just happened. You know, I, I didn't sit there thinking I'm going to make them better. So right. when they honoured me by the regiment, the Suffolk Regiment it was called, down in Chelsea in London, um, I had to stand and learn the British salute, you know, I'm not performing now, uh, and with the generals and the brigadiers and all those people as they marched by it and made me an honorary member. Now, that was the seed that actually got me to say, hey, I've got something different here. I've got yes. something special, you know. 
And so I went on, I wanted to be a nurse and in time I wanted psychology and psychiatry and all these different things that you could do in England with, by the way, in teaching hospitals. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't go to a university and study this kind of thing. No. No. And uh, we had Carl Jung and all these kind of things that you could read about. But, you know, that was a bit crazy too, jumping off stages into the great abyss and one guy broke his leg. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I heard all those stories, you know, and and so I questioned, you know, my spirit guides, and and the one that was most closest to me in those days was called Sister Teresa, and I found out that she was actually excused habit because she had a bad uh, throat, and eventually I found she was Saint Teresa, <laughs> you know, and, and the same with. Um, Red Cloud. I mean, I was eight and I was in the Devil's Bowl in, I think it was in Sussex in those days, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. And I was running down there and he was suddenly in my head and he taught me the gate of power so that I could jump down. And, and then when I got down there, he made me roll up in a circle and, and understand protection, uh, you know, from the dark side mm -hmm. and things like that. And so I had these many moments in my life where you know, my sister was four and a half years younger, so I had time in that period before she became a nuisance. <laughs> I had to be the big sister, you know, take her everywhere. I had that time where I could listen to spirit guides and, and be taught a tremendous amount. And I guess in my own way as a child, it was stimulating me to ask even more unusual right. weird questions you know and uh, when I did ask questions I got more than I bargained for sometimes. right <laughs> but you were very fortunate that you had parents that um, recognized the gift or didn't get in the way of it um, mm -hmm. you know for f my mum was very fair but you know was um, I'm very much brought up in a family that was different you know I was the odd one the the sky blue one here um and it was um it wasn't something that uh, you know one could talk about or that anybody could talk about with me because it just was not a topic whatsoever mm -hmm. and I was just really the weird one and they kind of blamed it on my sickness so you're very very lucky that you actually you know had people that recognized the gift that you had from very very young because but I don't, I'm sorry, I interrupt you a little bit there. I want to say they didn't see it as a, as a gift. It was, um, you know, in terms of healing in those times, it was just this child was special. They didn't say right. it was a gift or anything. No. I just wanted to correct that because, um, you know, people, if they decided it's a gift from God, that put you on a higher pedestal. Right, yes. I, I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, no. But, I mean, at least they knew you were special. Right, they knew you had something, you had an ability, and mm -hmm. uh, and that I think is is you know more and more what we're seeing today is more and more children today have these abilities, mm -hmm. and we're recognizing it, and we're nurturing it, and we're guiding it, but mm -hmm. you know our generation, it was you know it was kind of a taboo subject, and uh, and and the, as you said, where did you go? Where do you go when you have that gift to talk to anyone who can guide you on it? Because it just wasn't around or wasn't yeah. spoken of back then. Well, you know, and also I, 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 I took a very big, deep breath and a very brave step when I wrote my journey into the oneness because I had to include my alien encounters. Mm -hmm. I had many. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, I basically had them also teaching yes. me. So my, my telepathy, <clears throat> more throat chakra I'm working with. <laughs> the reluctance I'm really, to I'm tell. Really, <laughs> I'm really, really digging into my psyche in terms of my history as a child uh, lately with the oneness because I'm trying to leave that behind in a way. Mm -hmm. No people want to know about it. I'm more wanting to teach and help these young children, as you say, to go on with it and leave. But them. if they know you had it from a child, there's the relatability. You yes. understand what they're going through. Exactly. So that opens that door. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, the aliens taught me a, a great deal. They test you, you know, it's mm -hmm. not. People think they're violent and aggressive, but the greys are not anywhere that I was working with. Um, it's all in the mind. It's all telepathy. Mm -hmm. uh, and as you read in the book, for example, one incident was where they knew I was afraid of spiders. So they put me in a room full of spiders <laughs> from tiny to enormous, you know, bigger than my hand. And I'm screaming away. And then suddenly it's a white room. <laughs> uh, and uh, of course, over time I learned their language. I can speak it. It's not um anything like ours you can't mm -hmm. you know like if i speak french i have to think english into french and french right. back into english you know that kind of thing which is not so good these days but uh with the the alien it's all guttural and it's all mm. clicks and ticks i yes. don't know if you've ever heard it yeah yes and so galactic type speak, speak yeah yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> and i can speak it and then afterwards i People say, well, what did you say? No, I don't interpret it. I'm just able to know in our words what I just said and make it according to what we say. But the aliens don't have the emotional descriptions that we have. Mm -hmm. it, it's more factual, you know. Yeah. So I had that going on as well. So my telepathy uh, evolved in with my psychic ability and the two were paramount to one another, supporting one another without me realizing it mm -hmm. uh, as I grew up. And I, it didn't really hit me until I was, I actually clinically died when I was given these silly tranquilizers that were actually heroin based. Nobody told me. <laughs> And I wonder why I was doolally and I couldn't remember. And, wow. and, you know, and I had Parkinson's disease, which was diagnosed when I was 37 because my father had it. My grandmother was like Muhammad Ali and her father, who I never met, of course, but I was, I was told that had had it as well. It's not called Parkinson's then. But uh, it's a gene factor. But what I went on to learn, and I will just share this, that MSPD... Alzheimer's, all these different kinds of things that we're dealing with now are as a result of an imbalance in the soul structure coding mm -hmm. that comes into the DNA, which comes in added to the RNA of the experiences we have in this life, amounts to an imbalance in such a way that the brain and the nervous system can't cope. Right. So I had a breakdown and died. Yes. <laughs> and yes. then they brought me back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it, um, uh, it was probably resetting you, mm, you know, oh, coming back, resetting you back into the right groove. And um, I talk a great deal about balance, you know, and how dis-ease, anxiety, you know, stress, depression, anger causes disease, which is manifest in diseases. And, mm. uh, and it's all that imbalance, isn't it? And sometimes it's the imbalance that we bring about in our daily lives, in this life. But very often it can be either the DNA of our ancestral or past lives. 
yes exactly i agree with you you know um when i looked at my own dna uh and go back you know 1066 it was a long way on on my father's side and then when my mother she didn't really bother about all that but somebody apparently banged on her door when she was a child and offered for her father to do a dna search and they went back to the the uh clans in scotland you know mm, mm -hmm. i don't know how they find out all that stuff but anyway uh, but my my mother also had a father who was uh, adopted so there was some japanese uh, in mm. my family and my sister has the features i don't so you know genetically we take on yes these ancestors and and subliminally we don't realize we're following in the direction of the pathway that they've set up for us to continue mm -hmm. you know so i wrote about that in one of my books but you know the one i really want to tell people about is please read Donald Trump, the enigma of society, because it's not about his politics or anything. Right. It's about showing how the ancestors of him actually walked their journeys, leading to his grandfather coming to America and becoming a citizen, but not really being happy here and going back to Germany to try and be German again, only to find they rejected him, which allowed for Donald to arrive and be an American. So uh -huh. without that to do, that's just a simple one. Right. And it was so interesting, you know, when I got the names of the ancestors, I didn't know their lives and Spirit mm. was giving me their stories mm. of their lives. So you can read about, you know, how that, situation evolved for us to be with Donald who is doing exactly what he was supposed to be doing. Right. And, and actually when you think you know his wives in, or as you're European uh, you know he has that um, that tendency to to go for that so um, we can't really run away from our, our ancestral DNA it's it's a it's a thread that is within us um, I had a uncle who did my mother's side of the family and they went back 500 years to when they started keeping records and um, mm -hmm. they kept records in you know in the churches of births and deaths and marriages and things like that and we were the um, the Stanley family going right back and the interesting thing is that everybody was either an administrator you know lawyer judges or, or writers and uh, that was along the thread. My brother is a writer. My mother was an actress and a writer. And so it's, yeah, and my tongue is my writing, not my hand, you know. But it's interesting how you can't escape that thread. Uh, I really want to do my father's side because uh, I know he goes definitely very much to the Vikings. But we are very much part of our DNA and we are here uh, kind of like pre-programmed to do something to accomplish something to step into our instrument and find our own orchestra but we fight against that don't we and we have such a problem all the time fighting against what we're really here to do because of society's expectation that's imposed upon us mm, i agree with you and you know i mean just like in this last week just to give an example i'm writing uh, the light side which is a twin to the dark side that i wrote before my husband passed and um, the the whole thing uh, about writing this is I need time. I can do a book in four or five days if I'm left for 12 hours a day. I just 
keep on writing. <laughs> That's the way they give it to me. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, every day I've got up and I'm going to do A, B, and C, and then the phone goes, yeah. somebody wants this, or I have to go somewhere and I have to change something online. And it's like, what happened to the days when I could walk out in the sunshine mm. and, 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 you know, finish by five and just mosey through whatever I wanted, you know. And I must admit, I'm very tempted with television. <laughs> yes. I, I actually find it's my escape. Yes. It's, it's a way of switching off. I tune into that and that's my way of shutting down. Yeah. Otherwise, I just continue on, you know, the everything keeps on coming. So oh. it's a channeling in a different direction. Yes. But um, yeah, we're inclined not to make time. And this is, I think, one of the problems with uh, humanity now is that we are so busy and we're so static and we've got so much going on all the time that we don't understand the gift of silence, of being still, of just simply allowing a moment to happen instead of dictating it to happen. Um, mm -hmm. Because that's where the answers are, aren't they? They're always channeled mm -hmm. to us one way or the other, but we've got to be mm -hmm. still enough and quiet enough to listen. Well, you know, I think that too is it for me and, you know, because I've lived with this for so long, I tend to teach my students, you can have the garbage going on the same time as receiving the information. Yes. And you have to learn to entwine it because sometimes your garbage is actually a clue to what the spirit guide wants to tell you <laughs> yeah. so that you could sort it all out as it were. And, and make sense free. of it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, kind of a reference. Yes. Um, I, I call it the knowingness. I know you must have your own name for it. But for me, it's always was the knowingness. And it was like, you know, given to the soul, the information that resonates with the heart and truth, uh, given to the spirit, put into action, and the mind will know what the mind needs to know when the mind needs to know it. And anytime I've had a message or I have to do anything or anything I do comes from that knowingness, just allowing. And it's kind of... Uh, a little mixture of, of knowledge that I've acquired through my life, but a great deal of knowingness of how to use the knowledge. Mm. How do you interpret that uh, knowingness? Well, I've never even been asked a question like that to think of it that way. <laughs> to be honest, I, I've never thought of it as knowing the oneness so much as... <clears throat> Yeah, just embrace it and use it. It's mm. like, uh, you know, if if I have some vegetables and I want to make a salad, I don't think, well, I have to put the carrots in first mm. and then the lettuce. I just chop it all up and there it is. Well, mm -hmm. in the same way as I've grown and evolved, it's just happening, happening, happening and pieces fit together and more pieces fit together and... And, you know, teaching in Japan was fantastic for me because they, when I first went there in 86, you saw everybody in katans and kimonos all the time. They were very restricted. They were like, you know, frightened mouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yet they wanted to know. And so I was teaching beginner psychic development. And that evolved over 20 years for me to be able to do courses where I've now trained hundreds of people in various therapies, as well as ultimate, some of them to metaphysiotherapies. Now, the point is today, when you go there, if you do see a kimono or a katana, mm -hmm. you're like, 
huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then you realize they work in a hotel or something because yes. nobody is dressing up the way they were. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, where they were all sort of inhibited, like I'd say, open the door and they'd look at me like, what, what you want the door open for? And they're <laughs> looking around trying to find out reason why and, and eventually open it. Now it's like they're highly physical. They'll run over there, open the door and they look at me and say, I did it. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> and when, when they used to greet me, it was all <clears throat> bowing like this, you know. Uh, and in fact, the first time I met someone doing the bowing when I was first there, I, I eventually bowed about 20 times. <laughs> and I said, what's it going to stop out of my breath like this? And she said, if you stop. <laughs> so I, I had to learn their culture, obviously, yes. and, and fit in. And uh, I had a great interpreter still to do today, and we still do counseling for them online. Uh, and uh, the basic thing is that all my students who qualified as metaphysiotherapists and metaphysicians had to do many, many different courses of five levels. And in the process, when I passed them, they did written exams, the whole thing really properly. I want to do that for Americans. Mm-hmm. There isn't anything. There's the odd people who have centers and schools where they focus on psychic development, but they don't bring all of the therapists together and train them. And that's what I want to do with people like yourself mm-hmm. who uh, have all skills. I don't want to be the one who teaches everything like right. I did in Japan, right. but we need a university yes. of metaphysical studies. It's time. These children that you mentioned who are born mm-hmm. with extra DNA strands, and we've got three coming in now, three extra DNA strands. Mm-hmm. These ones will speak many languages as they get older and they will be scriptures of different things or records of different things. There's so much I haven't written yet, but uh, the bottom line is we need this University of Metaphysical Studies and every doctor, counselor, whatever, they should be uh, in the rules of the game of education have to at least do one year of introductory courses of all that is in metaphysical studies from mind to body to spirit to health and so on so that you know those that go into leading us really know what they're leading right yeah i mean we're we're really looking at so much that um is either completely obsolete or absolutely needs to be overhauled. And, you know, when you look at America right now, you know, I'm, I'm always given sayings and a saying I was given about two and a half, three years ago was the universe is going to shake us up, to wake us up, for us to step up and change it up. And most certainly this year, you know, we're being shaken mm. up and woken up. We're at that, what I believe the invite to step up right now. We're not quite in the change it up yet. That change is going to happen as people step up and realize that we need to be working on a different frequency. We need to be working on a different uh, platform altogether. And well, with that can change... I, can I just up, interject mm-hmm. one little sentence? We are already changed up we just don't know it yet right you yes it, how to use it. <laughs> that, that's the point and the, and that's the people that are already there that know what change is needed you know they're the conductors you know as each person discovers their step up their instrument there's the orchestra and the conductors to help them how to use that instrument so but i think for for the masses right now it's the step up stage the people are already 
got the change up and ready now that you know the teacher will be there when the student is ready and I think that's where we're at right now it's very exciting times to see this and because we you know out of Haglas disruption we know we we see um, we see order but order is never meant to be in perfect order because chaos is creativity so they work mm. hand in hand with each other don't they but we're yeah. in the extreme right now yeah i agree with you totally i mean obviously you're in the same vibe as me and and there are people out there who are probably watching us and going oh gosh you know i don't know anything but we do have to say you do know it's just mm. that your conscious mind has said it's, oh, I'm going into school process here, you yeah. know, here we are, kindergarten, and teachers saying, the, you cannot do this this way, you have to do it this way. Yeah. And so we grow up with a foundation of beliefs that we have to do what society in yes. general wants us to do, yes. which is against the grain of our soul coding mm. that says, no, no, there's another way. So most of us don't really transform our our mind and our heart and the way we do things until we have a crisis in the 40s. Uh, the cosmic two by four. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then what happens is everyone starts going, oh, my kids are left home and I don't like this job and I want to do something else. And that's when they come and they basically ask me, what shall I do? And, and I always help them to dig inwardly yes to find their own knowing of what they should do because i can't if i tell them you should be an actress for example mm -hmm. even if i see them as famous one day as as i did with um oh i'm blowing trumpets here but a uh, medicine woman what's her name a british girl um uh, susan uh, no no <laughs> I, it'll come when I can't think of it. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. She has um, one dark eye, one blue eye. If you know who it is, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, um, Jane, Jane uh, Seymour. Seymour. That's right. There we she go. Came to me when she was 16 or 17. I was doing a mind, body, and spirit event, and uh, she asked me about a career. And the one and only thing I said to her that was important was never cut your hair. Mm -hmm. She was modelling. Right. And I said, and any opportunity that comes to you in the world of videos and all these things were starting then, mm -hmm. videos and, and movies, have a go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Look how famous she became. Yes. You know, she used to yes. come and see me quite a bit for yeah. advice. The Lulu is another one. She was great. Mm -hmm. she, oh, loved yes. to sit. she loved to sit under my pyramid. I had a copy pyramid everybody <laughs> liked to use. You know, I was always a pioneer in that mm. I had equipment that, uh, you know, with my crystals, for example, the therapies were unfolding in those days, but I was, all, you know, I'd been holding them on people's heads for years you know since I was about seven I just picked them up off pathways or whatever I did and today now I'm working with a company that is putting the pterogram therapy which is about your chakras mm -hmm. healing those and the crystal acupuncture which is about healing your entire your mind body and spirit and mm -hmm. physical in every sense into a package with hypnosis that I will record so that people can then treat themselves and then listen and transform their energy 
and I don't have to bother about finding the stones anymore because right. they'll be packaging them. This is amazing for me. Yes. This is you know, 45 years of work with crystals in the public eye finally being accepted for these generations that are to come who kids love the crystals. They oh, love yeah. them. Yeah, I, and it's yeah. not just kids. You know, it's anybody that I, I say is awakening. You know, mm -hmm. they're beginning to understand, you know, uh, crystal therapy, understand the importance of the alignment of your chakra. I even did a wonderful show with, with someone is the foods that you crave will match the color of your chakras. And if you're craving a certain color food, that means that chakra needs to be fed. So, you know, there's all sorts of things out there now. And it just, whichever way you want to navigate, it doesn't matter as long as you're willing to be open. Don't just mm. get stuck in one, you know, have it lead you to something else because that's the orchestra that's just one instrument there and there is an orchestra right you know you may not play all the instruments but at least listen to them because yeah. there'll be certain instruments that will definitely resonate with you this is where i think we need to be willing to explore you know okay. it, we've yeah. uh, we've we know that growing up it was the expectation right and the dictation never for you because you know you you came out with an agenda and that agenda was well, I, as a actually, child yeah, but it wasn't easy. It was very, very difficult because the timing of that, that period was all about uh, appearances and performance yeah. mm -hmm. production. And so anything, for example, I was in my art class. I loved art. I was always painting and drawing when I was a child. And I'm doing this we're told to paint a central figure scene and I've got these people on the beach and all sitting in a circle enjoying yourself. And I'm etching and sketching with paint and Indian ink, whitewash and things like that. And this teacher comes along, dips her brush into my um, water, gets some black and then does its black, thick black line all the way down the back of one of my people and then a bit on the other side. I've still got that to this day. And I just wanted to scream at her, you know, because she had destroyed everything that was going on in my right. head. And even today, if I get it out and look at it once in a while, I'll go, oh, yeah. you know, because that was the way of the time. People put mm -hmm. you down, you know, even if you did something good. And years later, my mother went back to the school because she was an old girl at the same school. You know how it was then. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Uh, the bottom line was that that teacher actually told her that I was an amazing student. And uh, when I went back from nursing to pick up all my artwork, they were all hung up all over the school. And I, was, I insisted on taking them down. And here today, I still have them in the closet. I should have, I should have donated. You should, just, you should have just left them there as an inspiration, yes. Um, yeah. I was fortunate to have an art teacher that... Um, um, I would very often just take either charcoal or pencil and just close my eyes and let patterns form. And, uh, and I did a scene one time uh, of the circus, but it's the elephant on the tightrope. Everything kind of changed around and blurring and everything else. And, um, and, they, and they loved the way I thought because at that time it was different. You know, it's mm, early mm. 70s, psychedelic. I wasn't on drugs, but it was <laughs> that scene where, you know, we were exploring more. And I was fortunate to have an, uh, an art teacher that didn't want the norm from me just let me go and be whatever I was doing, what I was inspired to do. Um, mm. I grew up with a great deal of what I call restriction because I wasn't quote normal. I didn't fit into the mold, 
as I said, a very sickly child growing up, missed a great deal of schooling. So I exempted myself from school at 16 and just went on my way, had life experience and just went on my way completely. You talked about being taught how to protect yourself, right? Uh, I actually went down a road where I opened up way too much without protection and ended up with some little body possession, which was mm. kind of quite scary. Um, I assume you've never been through that, but have you seen that? Oh, loads of it. <laughs> um, you know, you can't, uh, this part of what I wrote in the dark side, I hope people will be interested in reading. We all have the dark side mm -hmm. within us. And we tend to, when we hear that, we tend to think of the dark side as evil or bad. But actually, it's the good meat of our experiences that we make mistakes in mm -hmm. that actually evolves us towards the the special stuff, if you like, whatever we want to name it, of the light. Mm -hmm. But uh, we are dark and light. If you mm -hmm. think about inside your body, you, you have no light in there right. other than explosions of biochemical performances of your systems working. And so there is light inside you, but mm -hmm. you're not aware of it. So in the same way, uh, when we have earthbounds around, and mm -hmm. of course there were thousands of them, uh, you know, during the war being right. killed, uh, whether they're on the front line in another country or, you know, in England through bombing of the night. Uh, so I was seeing all these people mm -hmm. like, wrapped up in bandages and money and blood and like like this scared yeah. you know uh, and uh, but given time uh, uh, after the war ending we're doing the healing work i started to see these vortices of energy it would start like a white shimmering light in a corner somewhere like this and then it would open up and expand and it would be uh, like a tunnel a vortex but i didn't know that word then yeah. And then I would watch these people farming through, you know, one year uh, on either Easter or one of these holiday times, spiritual time. There were thousands just going through my bedroom through this portal. And I just sat there all night watching it, literally mm. all night. And I was in a sort of trancey state, you know, and it was a weekend. I remember that because I slept all day the next day. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, that for me was an experience beyond any experience. You can't, you know, it brought home to me just how many people had died during the war. And yeah. obviously I was only seeing hundreds, but right. magnify that to the millions mm -hmm. who were alive on the planet. And now we've got billions, Yes, you know, uh, we're looking at countries, you know, that are still fighting, still at war. And so I'm writing in the light side, the book that I'm talking about is the Aquarian age that we're actually mm -hmm. in now and uh, how we have to uh, understand that the consciousness of war is evolved over the Piscean age of survival into any way that we can keep and own and, and hold on to whatever it is we need. Whereas the Aquarian age, this is about under Haniel's vibration, Archangel Haniel, of communication, which is listen. <laughs> you can't say something till you've heard something that stimulates you to have a response. And when you have that response, have you done research? 
Do you know what you're talking about? We've had too many people in the Piscean age who talk in quotes, my little word, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of that. Plenty of that to been going on, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've been exposed to it lots of times. You just sit there going, okay, okay, because you know that they don't know anything about what they think they know about. <laughs> but, but also I found it very much an era of the drama. You know, I, I call it the CNN effect where they'll take a pimple and make it into a volcanic eruption. And, you know, it's all fear-driven. And why they keep you in fear is to keep you in control, right? So they right. can dictate with the masses. And the inspiration that we wish to hear now is an invitation for us to step up and desire to know more. Mm. Not the knowledge they're giving us, but what is the truth coming from the inside out? And, you know, when we're asking we want to step up and be a part of the solution, you can't be part of the solution until you've done the inside job and become the instrument you're meant to be. Right, exactly. You know, one of the things that I always thought about as I was growing, because I always had this idea of a school, even when I was in school as a mm -hmm. kindergarten kid, I knew I was going to have a school one day. <laughs> you know, so I've always evolved with it to the example I gave earlier. But the thing that I grew up with in the school that I went to was Lady Margaret Grammar School, which is still today the school in London to go to, um, where the, the education had a high standard and you had to do all the exams and so on and so forth. And I have to be honest and tell you that every one of my teachers, especially my English teacher, would do these horrible big S's across every spelling and everything I'd done and tell me to my face over and over again, I will never be a writer. I was dyslexic. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Uh -huh. I didn't even know what that was. I didn't was. know I was 21. <laughs> well, I was younger than you because I'm older than you. But um, I found out about it when my son, my first son, was about four. Uh, and he was, if he was in the front of the class, because he went to school four and a half over there. Yeah. Uh, if they're in front of the class... Um, he would behave himself. The minute he was at the back, because they'd move them around for right. social balance, um, what would happen was he would play up. Well, that went on for several years, and teachers were like, oh, I don't know what to do with him. And then one day I saw a program on BBC about dyslexia, and they were talking about um, the the actor Oliver something who was in... Uh, Stone? Uh, Oliver... I can't remember. Not so Oliver Stone. <laughs> but uh, in... Uh, or, or not, no, that's Lawrence Olivier. No, Oliver no, Stone. No, Olivier, no, no. This yeah. was the actor that was uh, in... Um, not My Fair Lady. Oh, dear. In this time, one thing's done. Okay. Anyway, I used to... I sing, so I used to do all these songs and shows and things. Uh, and he was dyslexic. And he, I learned that he had to have someone read the lines to him mm -hmm. because he couldn't even read because they taught him as a child that he would never read. Right. Yes. But now we know today that the brain doesn't even read those spelled words. Mm -hmm. it, you, as long as you've got the first letter and the last letter. Yes. 
your brain knows what it yeah, is. Yeah, you know those little things they put up on Facebook. Can you read this backwards or upside down, or can you pick exactly. out the words for that? Yes, I can. You know, it's it's yeah. easy for me to do that. Um, yeah. um, but but I actually only really started kind of writing when I got a computer, because I could cut and paste or correct what I was going wrong. But writing it in hand my handwriting was terrible for a start and I would get so frustrated with it not being in the right order because it wasn't coming out in the right way, <laughs> you know, and I didn't know I had dyslexia until I was uh, 21. And, uh -huh. you know, at school, I was just the slow kid because I was, missed so much schooling through sickness. It was just the slow kid, you know. Um, but again, I was the, the, the quote, fortune teller, the seer. And I would have teachers along with the students coming to me for reading. So, oh. but, you know, well, that's a big change. You wouldn't have had that in my period. Of right. Time. No, well, this was actually when I was out in South Africa. I went over there when I was 14. And oh. uh, basically, the, um, I got exempt from doing the Afrikaans class because I came there too late. And I would do art or I'd do music or I'd do something else. And they just, maybe because they were music and they were art, they were more open. But they saw something in me and, and knew that conversations with me would re result in being answers for them. And I had no idea that was what I was doing. That's what I always did. I had no comprehension of how I knew. How do you know that? I have no idea. <laughs> I just know. <laughs> that's it. Can you repeat that? No. <laughs> Channeled once, that's it. You know? um, and I, and I, I didn't know anything about any of that. I just did. And, and I knew I was up against the tidal wave, but at the same time, I was in really heavy into my spirituality at that time and being that spirit. And, and it was more later on in life that um, it kind of got suppressed um, and bogged down there for a while. So I went into the darkness mm. with no light, knew there was a light over there, couldn't get to it. Took me about eight years to come back out. And then ah. coming back out, I was too bright in the light and felt the shadows chasing me. Now I am love the darkness because I am the light in the darkness but mm -hmm. it is a process that you have to allow yourself to go through isn't it oh absolutely and of course you know when we're born we're we, we, it's like we have amnesia and every so often <laughs> we get bumped on the head and it's like oh I didn't know I know that but yes I not only know that but I know much more about that yeah yeah <laughs> yes and it's just like you know then the, the human side of us comes in and second guesses you know, uh, well, how do I know that? You know, um, I don't have the PhD, the LDD, the BBB, the blah, 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 all the way at the bottom of my name. So how do I know this? How can you verify? You know, mm. you get that. I, and I always say that, you know, I'm, I'm a spiritual counselor by God's design. Mm. Well, for I, me, I, I just had to ask spirit and they sat right. with me and told me. So yeah. I, I, I have a running conversation in my head all the time uh, when when they're around you know which is most of the time mm -hmm. uh and i've got to a point now where it sounds bizarre but there's probably about 50 spirits who live in my body mm -hmm. uh with me yeah yes <laughs> and as i wrote in the original book i wrote uh for germany which was very dry was uh, i called it the way to one is they uh, published it under the name in German, Rise and, and uh, Bekant and Velten, which is Rise into an Unknown World, Go into an Unknown World, or Journey into an Unknown World, which I took and republished my book 
Uh, so it's now called Journey into Oneness Away to Oneness Revisited. But the point of my mentioning all of this is that um, it explains everything that everyone else questions about. Mm. It's a life book. You, you, know, you can read it all the way through, but you want to go back time yes. and time again. And it's full of meditations and things to do. And the thing was that in that period when I wrote that, I just arrived in States and was still a Brit, but you know, now an American, but yeah, or is a Brit love? <laughs> I've been here 40 years in Canada, I'm still a Brit to people. <laughs> uh-huh. well, you know, we're a Brit over there, but I mean, here, you know, I'm American and my language is adapted uh, to the way I used to speak. But coming back to the book, you know, the thing that got me while I was writing that book was that because I was writing it longhand on, mm. on my lap, in bed, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and the thing that got me about it was that it taught me as I was writing it, unlike all the books that followed where I was um, just new, yeah. you know, and, and just was writing together. Uh, this was, I was learning as I was writing. Right. You were participating rather than yeah, I, channeling. I was, yeah. I was a student. Yes. As a, I, wasn't, I was channeling, but I right. was also conscious of, yeah. oh, 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 you know, yeah. all the way through that. And I think, you know, having such a luxury of being given the complete understanding of God and all forms and all that is and the mm-hmm. fragmentation mm-hmm. of the universe and everything that I write about now, uh, was in those days like what yeah i know <laughs> we're fragments and, and, you and know, it's, still, of, it's still that in some ways and can't you know today but i think it's just so much more um i think people are more hungry for it now you know i i, I don't know about you but i have since 2012 i've been saying that they're turning the volume up on us you know, the, our frequency is rising bit by bit, bit by bit into that consciousness, into that understanding, stepping away from that three-dimensional earthbound feeling, you know, lightening up and understanding there is more and being open to receiving it. And I'm finding right now people are hungry for it. And, mm. you know, on, on my shows, you know, I've got 18 different genres and we talk about lots of different things, but it's always about, are you living from the inside out? Because this outside facade, at some point you have to let go. It's not serving you. And you have to go inside because that's really where your truth is. Uh, and understand what it is you're here to do. And step out into the world again with your instrument, with your knowledge, and explore the journey of life and what your part is in it. And I find people are very much more hungry for it now and trying to understand their meaningful purpose here in the world their service in the world and to also know that this isn't it because if you look at humanity at its worst who wants to be here but when we start looking at humanity at its best and that humanity at its best is working cohesively with with our divine presence uh, we really see we're so much more than we've given ourselves credit to be Mm. And and also, you know, the thing about um, I'm going to bring up the virus. <laughs> Please, yes, yes. Um, you know, the when silver, I, yes. I've been writing. I have four parts that I have put on LinkedIn as my article or blogs, or whatever you want to call them, uh, about 
the, the virus itself. And uh, because of my anatomy and physiology training and so on, I know about enzymes and all these different things. So when uh, I started to ask Spirit about this uh, whole thing, which they now called COVID-19, what is it, 19? Mm-hmm. It's still to me the coronavirus. Virus, yeah. Um, People were saying, oh, you know, that someone's manipulated and a virus has existed and they've done it to kill us all off. And I'm listening to spirit. And this virus is actually an ancient virus mm-hmm. that uh, was brought here by aliens. And mm-hmm. the whole point of it was to kill bacteria of their types uh, and, and also to balance the the what's the ecological status of the planet at that time Mm -hmm. and this is not the first time it's been awakened Uh, about 5,000 years ago it was awakened when the poles melted before and then we go back in history and times before that it's also been awakened so Mm -hmm. um, you know it's not new to us in, in a sense but in terms of our DNA and our life and everything that we've done, it is very similar to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the DNA structure in the nucleus, and we all have cells with nucleus, and we all uh, humans um, don't have all twenty of the. Um, I can't think of the words here right now. I'm not meant to, I suppose, teach and preach. But, <laughs> no, but, uh, please teach and preach. <laughs> permission for. Let them let them okay. out. <laughs> so this this virus has all twenty uh, um, acidic you know, acid mm-hmm. or in the um, I can't think of the alkaline word alkaline and acid alkaline in all that within the DNA of its being. So only you know humans have X Y two. Uh, um, I, I just can't find the word. I'm sorry. It's, it's Since okay. my husband's died, I still lose words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's also dyslexia as well. Yeah. Uh, and so um, what I was learning, what Spirit was showing me is, you know, we have X, Y, um, chromosomes. Chromosomes. That's the word I wanted. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and this bacteria has an existence in the X, Y of its own being to keep procreating its own being. The rest of the um, gene factors within the uh, proteins of its DNA is to constantly shift and change its performance so that it will survive. And the uh, little red blobs that you see all the way around are mm-hmm. actually little nodes, nodules. And those nodules have multiple multiple um, functions they can reproduce uh, and they can even break off and survive and become an, an, an extra virus on their own state they can absorb proteins from any bacteria they in our body the protein will um, absorb we have a protein that's like a jelly that mm-hmm. kind of changes its form and it just surrounds itself over the negative protein uh, virus and bacteria that we don't like and absorbs them well this uh, coronavirus can absorb that so we have no defenses mm. to stop us being infected now its whole point of survival is to keep procreating itself 
So it's not only sending energy from outside drawn in through these nodules, but the nodules are also uh, able to send down through infinitely small canals to the main nucleus and feed it. Mm. And then pass it on out to another one on the other side. So it can constantly re-feed itself, as it were, to keep itself alive. And if it loses a nodule in it, that falls off to become another virus. It will adapt Mm. to whatever it's going to do. So this is when we say we all know psychically that there is going to be another wave It's Mm -hmm. not going to be taking out the people who have bad hearts, bad lungs, and uh, uh, bad kidneys, you know, who are basically diabetics. This time, when it arises again, it's going to attack the alimentary tract. And so the symptoms would be like a diarrhea. Mm -hmm. And uh, the lymphatic system will be fighting, because that's its job, fighting it. And so that's going to tear down the lymphatic system. So I'm more concerned about that because everybody needs their lymphatic system and and everybody, you know, needs the body to work and function. So colloidal silver, I've done a lot of research on that. Um, There was a gentleman who wrote a book years ago about it. Um, They were doing research to uh, give it to people in countries like Africa where um, malaria and tetsi fly and all these things. So it's how long ago I was learning about colloidal silver and how it's made in vast vats mm-hmm. with silver and electrolysis. And now you can buy it today yes. in herbal stores. Mm-hmm. And you can buy the spray and you can buy the drops. Now, if you know that you've got an alimentary tract or digestive system uh, that's not working, then you need to take a dropper or pipette, whatever country you live in, whatever you call it, of the colloidal silver liquid and drop it into, here's this very important underlying distilled water mm-hmm. because distilled water has no uh, oxygen in it in the way that CO2 water mm-hmm. made us on. So it doesn't destroy the silver. If you put colloidal silver into regular water, even bottled water, it's no longer active. So it must be distilled water. Can you distill your water by boiling it? No, you have to buy it off the counter in the stores because they do it in large quantities. Now, distilled water, what you do, what I did anyway to get rid of my irritable bowel syndrome years ago was to put six to eight ounces of water by my bed with a full pipette of colloidal silver liquid in there. Put a little lid on top to stop the dust going in. Mm -hmm. And then in the morning at six o'clock, I would wake up potty or something and drink it. Mm -hmm. Then I'd go back to bed and wait till eight o'clock and I would get up. Now I would go to eat my food and I would have... um, probiotics and the uh, enzymes that one needs to break down the food in capsules and take those with my food. Why? Because the colloidal silver kills 
your probiotics. Mm -hmm. It kills your yeast. It kills off all the enzymes. It kills off worms. People have worms, you know. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, it kills yeast from the beer uh, and cakes and bread. bread and so in other words, it kills off everything that is going on inside your body. So you must put these back. Now, if you have chronic irritable bowel syndrome mm -hmm. or you have chronic um, digestive mm -hmm. problems with your pancreas and liver because of you know diabetes and so on you've got to do this for at least three weeks every morning now at the same time you've got to stop you know you don't want to put much more than one slice of bread a day right. or you know hardly any sugar go for stevia instead which is really nice i recommend cal brand kal because it doesn't taste licorice um, but there are many brands on the market. And so you cook your own food. Don't mm -hmm. eat out. Don't buy, um, you know, processed food, food yeah. processed food, canned food. Cook natural raw and cook quickly. So, for example, if I put a piece of cod, because English like fish, into a pan with, say, a few asparagus spears, and uh, a little bit of salt and pepper and the herbs and let them cook in their own moisture for five, 10 minutes. You've got a yummy meal mm. and it hasn't taken all day to prepare. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And if you want to have things like I love spaghetti bolognese, you know, again, make it from scratch. Right. Yes. You know, whatever you need, you know, we have shepherd's pie and things like that mm -hmm. in England. Americans don't understand these kinds of things. So they go for this chunk of meat. You know, yeah. who needs this much meat? Right. When I first came here, I looked at that and I said, that's enough for the whole six of us. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> we used to cut it thinly sliced. But, you know, Americans have to learn to eat less. They're eating too much. Yes. You only need two meals a day and snacks. Right. Between. Yeah, I agree. And um, I'm, I'm probably about 90% vegan. And that 20% is like fish and chicken now and again and, and cream cheese, which I'm still mm -hmm. liking. Otherwise, I'm, I'm more or less a vegan by choice. Uh, and I, you can take my meat and fish, but don't touch my veggies. I love <laughs> my veggies. I've got about at least six veggies a day, which I ah. absolutely love. Uh, and find that my digestive system loves better as well. Um, and I agree, you know, not only do we need to cut down the meat, but we also need to actually understand that if an animal is dying in terror, you're eating the terror that that animal died yes. in. So there's a, you know, look to where your meat is coming from. And there is no way we need to have mass manufacturing of, of cows and pigs and chickens and everything yes. else. So it's not organic or holistic in any way. So there's a lot there. I think changing the diet actually it's, it changes the chemistry in your body, which changes the way you look at things, your thoughts and everything else. So if mm. we are seeking a journey of enlightenment, it's not just reading books and meditating and going home hard. You have to look at your lifestyle and how you're going to change it completely because you can't just change one part of it and then opulence on the other side. Mm. I have to admit, though, that for me with food, um, you know, I've experimented with being vegan and this and that over time. And I, I only weigh now after my husband's death because I lost a lot of weight with all that, but I only weigh 124 pounds 
you know. So um, I can't afford to lose too much weight and I need protein. Mm -hmm. And so um, protein, of course, builds the um, cells in the body and so on. And so, and I had an accident with my car and I got stupidly put it into reverse thinking I was putting it in neutral while I was outside the car. I don't know where my head was at. And mm. I got dragged down my ah. my pathway by my car and, and uh, it was black and blue. And, you're right. Well, you're and, goddamn lucky you weren't run over, love. Yeah. Well, I, I had, it was like a deja vu as, mm. I, as it was happening. that I, This had happened to me before and I knew it hadn't. But mm. I knew from the happened before I got to roll away and get out of the way of the car. Somehow I did. I did get knocked unconscious. Uh, I did have an out-of-body watching the car but right. down across yeah. the road and <laughs> bang into my neighbor's wall. Um, and uh, then I picked myself up and went in the house and told my friend I had an accident. <laughs> I was dripping blood, but I had a stitch in my head and and uh, I'd ripped the skin off my left foot, which I'm still dealing with. Mm. But um, the, main, the main thing is it gave me an understanding that I needed to go through the bereavement and the yes. loss of my husband because I wasn't bereaved right? because I knew he was in the oneness. And by the way, I know now that he died of the coronavirus long Mm. before anybody knew what it was because it was here in September. Yes. And he was in there with a broken arm, came out, was dizzy, went back in with dry pneumonia, came out again, was dizzy again fell over, broke the other arm and oh. went in again, and then everything collapsed on right. him, and he was gone quickly just before Christmas. Oh, so sorry. Uh, and Spirit told me uh, when we were in our 40s, and I was going to my agent in, in uh, California, uh, and she had just lost her husband, and as I walked in, it was just before Christmas, I heard them say to me, one day this will happen to you. And my husband had 15 years of heart surgery, mm. deterioration as a result of drugs in the liver, pancreas, and spleen. And there I am constantly healing him. I mm. won't bore you with the many, many, many things that went wrong. But when I did do my separation from him after his death, there wasn't one part of my body that wasn't empathetic to everything I treated him with. Mm. And here I want to say, you know, we are all empathetic. And when we're healers, it's very easy to absorb all that negativity and identify with that person as you're counseling and then work on them. You have to dump it yourself. Yes. And I have to admit with my husband, I didn't dump it. Right. Because I loved him and I wanted to keep him alive and keep him happy and so on. So here I was and there wasn't one part of my body inwardly or outwardly that I hadn't kept of his suffering. Mm. And so I've been dumping that. Right. Yeah. And I'm doing good, you know, and I'm finding me and I'm getting stronger. But that accident with my car was because I, I was having all of that come out in me. Yes. And I wasn't thinking straight. <laughs> no, no. And, and, um, naturally so, you know, because it's obviously it's still so new to you as well and knowing what you know. And the trouble is, is that one part of it is they're okay. You know, they're gone. They're fine. You know, they're partying, they're okay. It's who is left behind, you know, that the sorrow is at. And I'm one of these people that when somebody loses someone, they call me. 
because I'm that calmness, that I'm that equilibrium, uh, to help them through whatever they need to go through the process of bearing and, and going through it. Um, I didn't cry at my mom's death. I didn't cry at my dad's death because it was, they're okay, but what do we do now? Mm. Right? And yeah. so I find it very hard. I can cry at a commercial or an injustice against anyone else, but when it happens to me, it's because I know rationally mm -hmm. how to deal with it. So I don't know if I keep that in or it's just the way that I deal with it. Maybe when I cry at commercials, that's where it's coming out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I likewise, you know, my, my mother died I ha and my, my father said, don't stay for the funeral, go to Japan because I had mm. six weeks planned and I had to leave. And then when I was in Japan uh, 10 years later, my father passed at 100, got a letter oh. from the Queen. Wow, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I again, I was in Japan and I was in the middle of the courses and teaching. Right. So, by the time I got back to England and waited on the funeral and the settlements and all of the things that happened, two years passed. Mm. And, but he was visiting me all yes. the time <laughs> and I was freezing cold because he's coming in his higher self. And I had to say to him in the end, please, <laughs> let me be for one. <laughs> right, yes. No, I'm getting frostbite. Like, <laughs> yeah, because he'd been looking at my whole life. And, and even though he'd been my student you know, through mm. the years, he still, and read all my books, he didn't really fully understand where I was coming from. Right. And now he does. Yes. So that was a, that was a unity I needed with him because mm -hmm. as a child, it was the opposite. Yeah. He was violently aggressive, post-traumatic stress disorder, like yeah. so many men. And so I was much abused by him in that sense, hit and, you know, whatever. And, and, and yet by the time I was, you know, in my forties, we were so close, mm -hmm. but we never discussed even though he did say to me in his 70s once, I apologize for the way I treated you as a child. Mm. But I had to say to him then in those days, but I needed that. I needed to know how it was to be hit. Yes. I, you know, because there's people out there who are hit all the time. Uh, how can you I needed to know how, to be, how yeah. I was punished so many yeah. times in so many different ways, not just by him, but others, mm. in order that I know how they felt when they were being punished. So my upbringing and everything I've been through is psychology and psychiatry mm -hmm. in action. Yes. Even though I read all the books and textbooks and everything I was supposed to read, you know, it was my personal hands-on yeah. experiences of being badly treated in a thousand and one different ways yeah. that prepared me to know how to counsel and heal people, you know, throughout my life. I always say the best teachers are those that have gone through it. Mm. Absolutely. My dad died at 45. In fact, actually, June 9th would have been his 100th birthday that he wow. died 40, 55 years too soon. And I know it was for post-traumatic stress from the war. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a fighter pilot, squadron leader, you know, night piloting, coming in with flames, uh, you know, in his plane and, and all of his squadron one by one dying, you know, mm -hmm. and he was the last one at 45. And he was, he was also working with his brother, whom he couldn't stand <laughs> at the family business. And uh, uh, they were meant to pack up before I was born and come to Canada 
here uh, to Vancouver, where uh, I'm living on the island. Vancouver's just over there. And uh, a week beforehand, he backed out. And he, were, you know, he was a racing car driver, a yachtsman, um, a fighter pilot, and he could get in there amongst the thick of it. But when it came to dealing with his own decisions over his own life, he was timid or uh, or weak or scared. And you know, we didn't know about post-traumatic stress back then. And I think that it um, it caused a lot of damage. Um, to a lot of them without understanding why. Do many mm. shows on post-traumatic stress and it's not just our, our veterans or our soldiers, it's anybody that's been through any form of abuse. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's um, how to, to manage that and deal with it because if you don't, it's going to deal with you. So we, we also got to remember our parents brought us up in a way that they were brought up. There, there, there wasn't a guideline for them. You know, my mum said to me, you brought your kids up the way you wanted to be brought up. And I said, yeah, <laughs> definitely. More liberation, more freedom, more ability to talk, more ability to decide for themselves, mm -hmm. um, right or wrong, but make their own decisions, you know, and mm -hmm. that I think is important. It's interesting when we look at our lives, you know, when you talk about you needed to know the pain, you needed to know all of that. Um, it does make you a better teacher because you can empathize, you understand. Um, but it doesn't mean, you know, you have to go through every single thing in life to be able to relate to someone is that you know enough to be able to relate to them and help them on their path. Other than the spirits that have been with you through your life, uh, always guiding, nurturing and, and, and helping you through things. Have you had any human people that have been there for you other than your husband's who obviously sounded very nurturing as well that you know you could turn to when you needed just to have that conversation that was a little bizarre that most people wouldn't understand mm. yes um what happened for me uh generally in england i'll go back there first was uh friends became entwined with my life mm -hmm. for example an unmarried mother moved into my house we rented a room to her and as a result of her being in my life I made it possible for her to keep that child mm. as my first husband left uh, and so she lived with me and we together me working and her staying home looking after my children as well as hers you know this kind of thing yes. I had uh, and another friend later when my children were older and enabled me to come for three months to America which got me here eventually and my, meet my husband. I had second husband. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I had women who had needs and I had needs mm -hmm. and we entwined. And, and so they were good friends and good supporters as I was to them. Um, and then when I came to this country, one of my um, friends I still have today came to me for a, a reading and uh, she, in fact, she just went home because uh, she couldn't get home because of the, the lockdown. Right. Uh, and we had a lot of time to reminisce and talk and go over the things that we had learned and evolved as time. And we've come together and parted over the years. You know how life is. Mm -hmm. um, but I've never had anyone just there for me. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? For me to cry on their shoulder yeah. or, or do whatever. I mean, even, because you're, you're into, you know, you, you don't need it. You've no, got everything. I, right? I listen to spirit. I know. know. Yeah. But no, but that, that's what people perceive. You're strong. You don't need any of that. Yeah. 
right? I, I had that actually mm. said to me when my first husband was off trying to get rid of his ex, the new girlfriend, mm -hmm. and come back to me. And it was a whole mess I won't talk about. But uh, here I am in a pub waiting for him with a glass of orange. <laughs> and uh, his friends are there and saying, Margaret, you've got to let him go. You're strong. Mm. You can manage without him, you know. And it's like just burst into tears, you know, mm. because, no, I wasn't strong. I was crumbling, really, mm. you know, everything that was going on. But where, what happened for me was with that period in my life, I had a big garden, lots of fruit trees in England, and I went out down to the bottom of that garden and there was a tree there and I was just holding on to it for dear life and there was Sister Teresa and she was talking and talking to me for about an hour and a half about perception and how it will change and mm -hmm. how you know and that embracing love was all encompassing that's the kind of thing that I got from her and many of the other yeah. spirit guides. So I trusted them beyond any human. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, I hear you. Um, you know, I get asked, you know, who are my spirit guides? And for me, I've, I've always known, they're in a circle around me. And it's like, I, I can't call them their names. I don't know who they are. They're always form a circle around me and just kind of give me what I need when I need it. Um, mm. And even if, you know, when I'm down, um, because I suffer sometimes from the clinical um, depression, um, they're there, you know, to bring me back up. But uh, it's, it's the elected to stand around me in a circle, but I don't know their identity of who they are. That's, they just keep it that way, so I don't know. Um, and then, you know, you were talking before about, you know, hundreds of people going through your bedroom that had died. You know, I used to say I worked for death. And people would look at you going, what? <laughs> Are you an assassin? I said, no, it's that when people have died and they're on their way, they, they get sometimes lost in a strand and they're not quite sure where to go. And uh, we can't, I can't conjure them up. It's just whether if they're on that channel, my channel, and then I can just show them where to go. And my son developed that, although he has not yet completely embraced it because he's still learning and still holding on to some control. It's very much in him and uh, everything that he does. He just doesn't realize it yet. Hmm. Um, I have four sons mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and the oldest is 20 years younger than me. So I'm 78 this month. Uh, so that makes him 58. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he's always been a willful personality in that he knows what he wants he does what he wants and of course as a young child he was always running off playing doing something where he wasn't supposed to be mm -hmm. um, and, and to this day um, as psychic as he is and we saw a lot of it in his childhood he doesn't like to use it too much right he, he uses instinctively. He's yes. good with the kids when he teaches mm. them judo or he does disco, you know, and he's good with the people. But when it comes to himself, he doesn't like to look within. Right. Whereas I have my second and my fourth ch children who do. Mm -hmm. You know, now my third son, he was beaten up. And mm. until that happened, he was a good counselor and his psyche was 100% like me. It was there. Um, he bugged me, just to give you an idea, to come to one of my classes when he was about nine. Wow. 
and I, I let him come and they were all doing psychometry and uh, which is holding something that they don't know who it belongs to and say what they pick up from it. And these adults are like, well, um, I think he was a woman. Um, um, let me see, um, someone old, you know, and it would come around and everybody would have a say and it would come to my son and he would sit there and say, this wasn't a woman, this was a man who bought it in a secondhand shop and brought it home and gave it to his wife who didn't really like it and she's had it stuck on the shelf forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm sitting there like, huh? <laughs> and he did that with every single item. And I, I, I thought to myself, he's too young for this. He's going to get the earthbound. He's going to mm. get all yes. this And so I closed him down. Mm. And uh, he didn't know that. Right. And so his psyche went to the back of his consciousness. And then when he got beaten up, it came forward. And suddenly he was a teenager and he was psychic and all over the world you know, I mean with his mind and mm. nothing happening and here he is a married man with three kids you know and, and so we I had bring him over here to the states work with him realign his five bodies use my crystal therapies and everything else I know hypnosis and psychology and whatever and get him to understand his psyche and the first thing he said to me what the hell did you close me down for <laughs> <laughs> and you know you, you were protecting him because you know being body snatched so to speak is not fun yeah. Um, and you know, I was, I was too open without the protection or really understanding because there was no one, no one to talk to. I literally was lying blank. Um, but having somebody like you there, you know, if you had left him and like today we, we leave them open where, you know, where are they going? They're going to teach us. Because the mm. children are teaching us, as the animal kingdom is teaching us right well, the now. The parents need to know. I'm very much into teaching the young parents mm. so that when they're young children, I mean young, two yes. and three, yes. they're starting that young now, well, like I did. You know, um, the, the bottom line is they need to know where it's coming from. And some of them, like I did, you know, will come up to you and tell you, don't worry about this, it'll turn out fine. Mm -hmm. uh, and then run away and play. Because that's they're doing what I did, but their parents are sitting there going, "Oh, something's going on." But what exactly is it? I know they're psychic, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. What do I do? How do I teach? Well, I want to teach them. How do you encourage this? How do you expand this? You know yourself, and of course, as I teach the mothers, they start developing very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. because that permission is there, the channels are open. So mm -hmm. on that note, how do people get hold of you? How do they buy your books? Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, if they, and if they just need more knowledge from you, where do they get it? Well, I do have a page on Amazon. Obviously, I don't have the script of the page in my head. But if you go to Amazon.com and you search my name, Margaret Rogers Van Coots, my books will come up. And uh, one book that uh, I might suggest people like to get is Expanding Images with the Omnicard. The Omnicard is something I drew with spirit ooh, way back in my 30s. And I, they told me it would be a teaching tool. Well, I had to wait for photocopies to come in before I could use it. So it was back in the, uh, well, I don't know, early 90s that it emerged as a tool to use and I included that in the books so that there's one in the front to look at and there's one at the back to cut out and laminate so you can have it and always work with it 
it teaches you all about the psychic ability, what it is, uh, in parts one and two, and then three is working with it uh, and it, knowing the meanings of symbols and how we interpret, because in one image is a thousand and one ideas and thoughts. And so it's helpful. And so far, uh, you know, we're teaching with the, uh, not the book, because I didn't have the book then, but with mm -hmm. the, the uh, card in Japan, my students went from, in one day from, you know, you say anyone's psychic in the class, and maybe 40 people, one would kind of go like this and look you know, <laughs> scared, you know. And by the end of the day, I'd say, who's psychic? And their hands are all up yeah. like this, you yeah. know, uh, because it's that easy. Once you understand yeah. how to listen, watch your, your uh, images, the rest comes. Mm. Now, we've got some um, things here where uh, people can email you at Dr. Margaret um vc at gmail.com is that the correct one yeah that that is actually where i get swamped with people pitching things right but if if they want a reading or a healing i like them to go to prof margaret mm -hmm. rvc at gmail.com and also i'm going to i've got uh, janet kira lesson who's going to partner with me on our website, which is easy peasy solutions mm -hmm. dot com, where um, we're going to talk about dot org. Actually, your easy peasy solutions are dot org. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, okay. I'm still not used to that one yet. Um, where we're going to talk for uh, six weeks free on relationships. Lovely, uh, and uh, because everybody's so you know, bound up with people in their homes and can't go here and can't go there and so on. So we thought that would be a good thing to help all the people who are stuck at home. But in time, we will be charging something like $29 mm -hmm. a session, you which know, is nothing. online, yeah. which is nothing. Right. Because we obviously have got to pay for the programs we right. use and the things. Yeah. Uh, but we will be talking about fear, pain, anger, and guilt. That's the next step after we've done the relationships and hopefully that'll get us through the year yes. <laughs> and then i have uh easy peasy solution mm -hmm. os on it dot org as well which is going to be me where you can get hold of me and get a reading or counseling or have you know long-term one-on-ones with me in different ways so we're building that as well okay and you're also on itunes Oh, yes. Um, I don't know the whole thing, but if you go to the radio show, which is webtalkradio.net uh, forward slash journey into an unknown world, which is hyphenated, mm -hmm. it'll take you to that page and then you can click on the symbol for YouTube, uh, sorry, for your iTunes mm -hmm. and then you can download, there's about 130 half hour teaching mm -hmm. talks that I do on my radio show. I don't host. <laughs> right. So there are, um, uh, if you come to our page, selfdiscoverymedia.com and put in your name, and Margaret Rogers Van Coops, C-O-O-P-S. You'll see everything on her show posting, all of her links and her book and everything else. And, we're, and they buy the book, all of the books from Amazon, uh, they all come up? 
Yes, and they're all ebooks too, and some of them are free so right mm -hmm. now. So download them and read for free. Right. Also, uh, you know, I do have my uh, YouTube channel. Okay. Again, that's YouTube forward slash user forward slash, you know, the whole thing before yes. forward slash. Uh, just Dr. Margaret. And, right. and uh, you know, I've got. I know something like 40 or 50 videos. Some are talking about a book, but some of them are teaching. Depends on what people have asked, and, you know, they just all go up there. But I'm now thinking, since they're allowing you to do more, that I'll do talks yes. on there on another page uh, where I'll teach something. So I'm, I'm working on that. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you're such a, a mindful of, of experience, both cosmic and earthly. And so, you know, this is, you're the nugget. So, you know, um, I, I call my shows the Orchard of Wisdom, ready for the picking or clicking. That's nice. I like right? that. And so you're, you're, you are a bunch of trees yourself with plenty of uh, clicking on there that really, for anybody who is at that stage where they know there's something going on, you know, do I have sixth sense? Is this real? You know, am I going mad? Blah, blah, blah you know, this is time to dive in to your teachings and just listen, read, reach out to you and uh, take the journey. It is absolutely nothing to be afraid of. Yes, I was earthbound body snatched because I didn't protect myself because I didn't have the right guidance at that time on how, how to channel without allowing those in. But when you've got the right knowledge and you open up into your knowingness, and you allow that knowledge to come through you, it will guide you wherever you're meant to go, whatever mm. you're meant to do. And you'll always feel you have a friend with you. Yeah. That you're and never you alone. Know, you might like to let me do your soul structure coding one day because it's amazing. When you mm. know that, it's like having two years of psychology and psychiatry about explaining all who you are and why you are and what mm. you do. Uh, you know, I do do an intake. Obviously, I want to know your parents' names, mm -hmm. your grandparents' names on both sides, those kinds of things. Yeah. Just like I'm not saying him and her. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and anybody else that you can go back as far as you can. But I've had people who have no memories of ancestors, like, you know, their mother up and mm. heaved and went off somewhere else and never told them anything. And I still can get it and download things about their ancestors. Mm. And it's so amazing how it explains ourselves to ourselves. Yes. I love it. I'm yeah. so glad I got mine when I was very young. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's been your guidance along the way. Um, how many lifetimes do you think you've lived? Do you have a memory going way back? I have too many, uh, mm. but um, in my book, I do. I did something. I it was so hard. I can't. I can't tell you how hard it was to admit the one life I do know for sure that I actually lived was one of the disciples. I'm not saying any more than that. <laughs> you see, they've got to read the book to know more. <laughs> no, because you know, uh, there's so much founded in Christian faith yeah. on what was said and done. And I've been fortunate to be taken back and given that life mm -hmm. so much so that I had to be reprogrammed as Margaret again, because mm. I lost me. Yes. And yes. Was, oh, I identify with that. Yes. Yeah, it was incredible. And uh, the memories that I have of those years are not, uh, you know, for example, um, the philosophy and theology that we were 
were learning from Jesus and John mm. and different people. But uh, of simple things like I got to get my head lower than my rabbi, and, and <laughs> I can't eat that fish because it. It fell on the dirt, so I have to give it to my chickens, and I need to dry it first before I get. <laughs> and, and it's like, how the hell did? Why did I give fish to chickens? <laughs> we would never think of that, right? But that right. was apparently normal because of the calcium in the bones, yes. the chicken bones, and that's what they were giving. And I got more about it, you know. But that's the kind you know stuff that when you go back and you really yeah. do see a past life because the one is takes you into the akashic records to show you the stuff you see is incredibly new or old yeah. oh yes I, you know and yeah. and so on so um the philosophy and theology that came as a result of being taken back to who I was in that time, was all part of my death scenario and return and so on. And I did write about it in my journey into the oneness. So, mm. you know, some people are going to say bullshit and sorry, but it's that's not the for word. them. It's not for them. It's not for it's them. Like these shows aren't for them. These right. shows are for the people who want to know that are opening up, that are <laughs> that are inquiring. You know, yeah. um, you yeah. know, people say to me, how, how many people listen to your shows? And I say, all those who are needing to listen. Exactly. And also in vain of that, all those who want to listen are also aware that they've had past lives. Mm -hmm. And they need confirmations of yes. that too. Whereas the people who aren't into this yet, they're not going to listen anyway. No, so. no, no. So I don't worry about the audience. The audience are the people that are wanting to hear. They're wanting mm. to learn, wanting to reply. Um, so I just make sure the orchard is nice and plump, full of all that wonderful knowledge and wisdom ready for people's clicking. And that's all mm. I'm here to do. Um, but yes, yeah, some of the past lives I've had, they've come to me at different times in my life and memory or at different uh, times of, of cleansing cellular cleansing etc and it's been very very interesting uh, but it this was definitely my lifetime to awaken back into my purpose because it had been lost for quite a while and mm -hmm. so it's uh, it's very interesting when you just allow go with the flow right one step in mm -hmm. front of the other and um, do what they want me to do instead of but fighting. you know some of the lives that they show us are their lives too yes lives. yes Yes. And they entwine with our lives. So. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you know, they're drawing the line. Oh, was that you? No, no, that was me. No, that was that you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we become a hodgepodge of DNA memories. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's the oneness. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's, you know, a lot of the things where people get misconstrued of oneness. They think it means giving themselves up and losing their identity. And I like in the simple terms to look at all the cellular structure in our body. Every single cell has a job to do. Every single cell is important. One cell breaks down, it breaks down other cells. So consider ourselves an important cell in the cellular structure of the oneness. Right. Very wonderfully said. One of the um, things that we wrote in the first book was each is a fragment. You're a fragment. Mm. I'm a fragment. And I'm actually writing that in the the light side where i'm coming from is I'm, I'm the dark side is showing our psychological emotional status mm -hmm. in trying to aspire to climb in ascension mm -hmm. the light side is coming from i am mm -hmm. down 
<laughs> yeah. Sure. So it's kind of interesting mm. in, in the way that I'm channeling this. Uh, and um, I'm hoping that the pair will sail together somehow eventually so that people get the full picture about the fragmentation of the soul. The original soul that was is like one cell. Yes, <laughs> and yes. Divided and divided and divided. And so we are billions now on earth, but in terms of all of the cosmos and anything we don't even understand, it's trillions of billions. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's um, like our cells in our body. You can't say how many there are. No, no. no. There's no counting method. <laughs> it's just trusting there are. <laughs> um, you know, for me, um, you know, at times of, of trouble or too much, you know, um, I just like to travel off into different dimensions or up into the universe where, you know, it is, it is everything and nothing. It is, uh, it is total peace because there is, you're out of body. So, you know, what is, what is your escape into peace? Um. I don't know that I, I've got to be honest and say I, I've long stopped escaping. <laughs> right, right. Well, you've you got know, a good team around you, yes. Uh, you know. So I, I, I lose myself in watching TV. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I like to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done much of that in the last two years because of my husband being here and stuff. In fact, he bought me a karaoke thing, pedestal, and it's still standing there. I haven't used it. Um, yeah, I I just like being creative. I'll color, paint, draw something. I I knit healing blankets. I love. I crochet mm, these ginormous blankets, uh, and uh, sometimes people ask me to make them for them and pay for the yarn. And sometimes I just go to, you know, secondhand stores and buy a bunch of yarn and mm-hmm. have no idea what it's going to be for and start making one. And right. along comes someone, you know. The creative side of me has always been there. Um, I love drama. I've been, I've been an actress. I've mm-hmm. been a model. I, you know, whatever I wanted to do, I just did it. And right, it the creative was, thing, right? Yeah. 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 And, and I, any which way I do, there's always some spiritual work somewhere involved. Yes. In it. And so I yes. enjoy it. So voyage of discovery into mm-hmm. the unknown for me. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I think one of the the first things I tell people is get out of your head, because that's always full of butts and you want to sit on your butt. Mm. You know, it's about the allowing, uh, you know, the exploration. Uh, Don't look at the unknown so fearfully. Look at the unknown as wondrous. One block? Yeah. Computers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that funny for me with my dyslexia is what started giving me my freedom. Because it I, I can't remember which is which and what I have to push. I mean, if I was doing it like typing every day, mm-hmm. you know, it's automatic. But when you have to calculate and like this funneling thing, you know, when we get this show on the road, we're not charging, so we don't have to worry. Right. But when the time comes and they have to pay us $29 and in return, I'll send them a workbook or something. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there are programs for that darling that can I be know. set up that are easy to do so yeah. i hire people to do the background stuff for me and otherwise everything else i've learned to do myself and i've actually look at the creativeness of it and kind of really enjoy it so in mm. every show and every posting and everything that goes out there is you know that um respect for the person that i've interviewed as people say do you interview celebrities and i say everybody 
I interview mm. as a celebrity because I celebrate their journey and what mm. they're doing. And so, mm. you know, thank you for celebrate, you know, coming and sharing your story with us because um, for a lot of people, it is a little still far out there. For other people, it is permission. For a lot of people, it is, oh, that's what the feeling is. Or mm. I can do that. I didn't know what that was. So how can I manage it? in a way that I'm not going down the dark side, that, you know, I'm not going to be earthbounded. Um, so we all need uh, guardians along the way. People who know that show is, we're not walking it for you. We're not telling you how to walk it. We're just preparing you for the journey. Hmm. So you know, and you're prepared for that, uh, for that walk. Uh, but you've got to have the wonderment inside of you. If you don't, everything is going to be scary. Mm. Well, you know, quite honestly, scary is also part of the awakening mm -hmm. of knowing because, you know, you need to be scared in order to understand in the future when you are not scared right. to help the people who ask you. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I was afraid once and this is what I did. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we go for all those emotions and all those yeah. things. And, uh, yeah. and I think also, you know, I'm, I'm sure with you, um, with me growing up, why don't you just settle down and do one thing? You know, and I dabble in this and did this and did that and did this. And it's every single experience I did was something that, you know, became a part of me that, mm -hmm. that then, you know, it, it's one of those ingredients that you use in your dish of life. And mm -hmm. uh, so it's, you know, don't be afraid to explore. Don't be afraid to, to walk away from something and go and try something utterly new because that's what's, uh, it's, it's walking into your purpose. And when you discover that purpose, you understand mm. why you're here and what the purpose is of you being here, right? Because everybody has a purpose. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, the purpose could be just to be an idiot. So that everybody, <laughs> yes, idiot. everybody yeah. around you gets to learn by you being an idiot. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, I say, you know, if, if we look at ourselves as a village, every single person in the village has an importance in the strength and the support of that village. You know, mm. if one person breaks down, everybody breaks down. But the village idiot has just as big an importance as, uh, as everyone else. And that's, you know, one of the things I think we need to take out of our vocabulary is judgment and ridicule. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that pointing of the thing of the three pointing back at you, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and if we can get out of that phase of judgment and ridicule, um, I think that we will actually understand love a great deal more. Oh, absolutely. Um you know, back in 1942, when I was born, judgment was rampant because of the right. wars. You know, yes. World War One, World War Two, the Boer War. I mean, it goes on and on. Yeah. Uh, and we've had so many since. And when you look at all these situations born out of political strife, people rising up, they meet judgment because yes. people are saying it can't be done. It's not right. Well, we this virus coming back to that maybe is a good way to end here. This virus is saying to everybody, stay home, think about your life, think about the creativity of your inspiration to bring forward new ideas on ways to live your life in your house and then to share it outside of your house so that others learn it, so that in communal ways you will all come together and come up with new ways to live and out of that new rules rules are there to be broken remember so they're temporary yes <laughs> but there is step guidance right, guidance guidance into the right direction so that we can rebuild this world literally 
Okay. We don't need skyscrapers nope. that go to this, you know, why? What? Let's have them all fall down. Yeah. <laughs> we, need, we need to learn to live. You know, I, I saw a vision of Mars years ago before it was destroyed. And they lived, you know, they had these ravines and they lived in these sort of, um, this towards the end of the world there, uh, bridge-like structure where everybody lived in different layers mm -hmm. and worked and shopped and so on. Uh, and uh, we need to learn to use the land and to work with right. the land and to make the buildings fit into the land, not build on top of it and reach the sky. I, yes. I've known that. It was the very first skyscraper I ever saw in England. It was like, that's going to come down. And mm. I knew the two tails would come down in 85 when I was up there. Right. I wrote about that. Yeah. So, so you see, we need to, you know, things to happen. And as much as it's horrible, there's going to be that big wave. There's going to be that flood. There's going to be a change of the ocean. There's going to be a change of the land. We can't stop that. That's Mother Nature and it will happen. And well, Mama Nature is saying, this is a warning. Mm -hmm. See how we can survive without you. Next time I press the delete button. <laughs> so I think if, you know, and I interview an awful lot of people who, who are teaching other people to put people and planet before profit, not the other way, because we misconstrued it and we put profit at the expense of people and planet. And mm -hmm. now that awakening that we've got going on and that shaking and that stepping up is about if you cannot respect the planet, if you cannot respect the people on it, if you cannot contribute to it, what are you doing here? So it's a time yeah. to ask ourselves that. What yeah. am I doing here to benefit the lives of others? But you also have to remember we must have controversy because controversy mm. is friction is yeah. and friction allows growth. Right. So it's not going to be easy. No. The next, according to what I'm writing in the book, 200 years of controversy. Oh, no. I thought it was yes. meant to be peace now. We've had enough no. years of controversy. No, we were, you see, we were in the Piscean and the Aquarian overlap. Now we're actually, from 2008, we actually stepped into the Aquarian age. And it's going to take about 200 years for us to understand that Aquarian is about future. The energy is about communications mm -hmm. with the Archangels. So we are now learning to listen again and find new rules and new ways and follow the laws of karma so you know it's it's a big step for us as a species yes yes i i, I can see how when you look at certain species it will take 200 years but hopefully it, it won't be 200 years before it happens but 200 years before you could say everyone's doing it well if you look at 1800s to 1900s they went from candlelight and mm. whatever to electricity, okay? And then we look from 1900s to 20, uh, what we've got is electricity to these computers and stuff. Right, so yes. we can do a lot in 100 years. So oh, yes. Imagine what but we, we, we can actually years. go back to just like Tesla and, and the pyramids, uh, you know, a thousand pyramids around this, country, uh, this world. Yeah. And they're, and they're put there to accept energy from the universe to power the world. Mm. And so, you know, we're now waking up that there are other ways to, uh, to provide power to us next, that aren't yeah. abusive to the planet. The next uh, big uh, way of heating, lighting and everything is sound. 
yes they're going to use is sound yes just did a wonderful show on sound healing and that was lovely yeah, but, yeah. but imagine every you know you you your house is oscillating at certain vibration that yeah. keeps it constant at a certain heat yes yes and of course uh, what is it is the 528 or the 524 love vibration so you know the more we get up into that higher vibration the less we are wanting to be violent towards one another mm. yeah there's a lot of changes to yeah, come there are and it's exciting and of course i have the pleasure of bringing people like yourself on sharing you know all that you know and all that you do and i thank you on behalf of everyone that you've benefited out there and that you are still to benefit and ask people you know just awaken to the possibility and you know just step out of the the fear or the unknowingness and just say i'm willing to know and just mm -hmm. reach out to margaret and uh, and just explore you know explore her youtube explore her itunes read her books and you'll get that whole signature of who she is and what she's telling you. And then when you reach out to her, then you actually have a comprehension of how you two can mix together so that you can fly off and do your own thing. So um, you're, you're an angel on earth that we needed. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, I just feel like anybody else, a human being that's doing my thing. <laughs> yes, but to other people, especially people like me who understand what you're doing, you know, it, it takes bravado, uh, you know, because I know that you would have been, you know, persecuted and judged and everything else through your life. And mm. I know in my past lives, I literally burnt at the stake and everything else for it. So I know the courage that it takes and the fact that you've done this since, you know, a wee child and followed this path, you know, mm. kudos mm. to you. Because a lot of people um, just through every, the results, you know, the, the reactions they get from other people shut down. And mm. um, I'm glad that you haven't and you've kept your light going and it's there for everybody else who's ready to see. Well, thank you so much for complimenting me. I'm a bit embarrassed. <laughs> Nonsense. Nonsense. Own it, baby. Own it. <laughs> you're, you're pretty damn good yourself. <laughs> thank you. Everything it's very easy said. when I get people like you. Very well, easy. Everything you said, very wise. Thank you very much. See, knowingness, just channeled. <laughs> Open the mouth, let it come out. <laughs> Trust it. <laughs> That's yeah. what it's about. Yeah, right. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. And to everyone, else out there please open your heart open up your chakras open up your mind open up your soul and allow that light to come in and let margaret show you the way because i promise you once you take that journey and you come through to the other side you're going to be home and you're going to know who you are why you are and what you're here to do and it's going to come from a heart and a soul and a presence that is wondrous to us all so until next time bye for now we hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows. Please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening.